0: Long ago, in the distant future, where evil knights joust upon beasts of the air, you too
1: must fly, joust, and retrieve the enemy's egg before it hatches, and
0: beware the lava below. You can experience this world from the other
1: side. It's called Joust.
0: I'm Scott Johnson, your host, and I'm super in the mood for arcades and pizza right now. Oh, oh, hi. I'm
1: Brian Dunaway, and I am ready for the Mountain Dew Pass It Over.
0: Oh, that sounds good. Uh, Welcome to the first episode ever, the zero one episode of Play Retro, a podcast dedicated to retro gaming and games and what we think you should be doing today in a modern era with your retro games. Uh, of course, we already said our names. I'm Scott and he's Brian and we're going to do this. Uh, welcome back. Now, some of you who just hadn't heard the news or missed it on the last episode that we said this on are hearing this on the boop feed where I'm going to put this uh, for the next couple of episodes just to give people a chance to go. Oh, yeah, right. They they, they made the jump over to a new thing. Uh, if you're one of those people, just a you know, quick reminder, this is a new show. And it's about the things I just said. And so we're moving forward with that. And the Boop Show is being not deleted, but just shoved to the back of the thing and, and kind of hiatus while we work on our new passion. Right. And, uh, you know, just know that it's there and it'll always be there for you. But you're going to want to go on over to frogpants.com slash play retro or search for play retro wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to the new show. Okay. Yeah, I
1: mean, we've always talked about smaller games and old games, and now we're
0: just on, focusing on retro
1: for a little while, and we're going to let the Boop
0: Show hang out in yeah. this little spot. I like that you said fokin' on. You would, we're fokin' on.
1: We're
0: on. Hey, hey motherfokers, get in here and get I ain't got time
1: for. I ain't got time for multiple syllables, Scott. No. I got retro games to play.
0: No, I understand how you feel. All right, so in that spirit... And uh, we'll get all into this in a second. By the way, the show is called Play Retro. I, we got to figure out a better way of saying that at the top of the show. Uh, play Retro. Get it in your heads. Play Retro. Play Retro. Like, think of PR, like public relations. Or uh, Pedro uh, um, Ronaldo. That's not helping. I'm, this isn't helping. But Ronaldo. But whatever right. it takes, whatever phonetic fun trick you need to keep it in your head, that's, that's what you should be doing. All right. So, in the spirit of all things retro gaming, uh, I'm going to, well, I'm, I'm just telling you guys what I'm about to embark on. So, for years and years and years, I've had a piece of dusty old wooden hardware in my garage that I needed to have, give some attention. And what it is, is an old, I wish I had pictures of it here and I'd show the chat. I'll do this next time where we do a show. But my dad had uh, an arcade business when I was growing up. Um, part of the reason why I'm so obsessed with old games and arcade games in general and that whole era. So we're talking like, you know, early eighties, right up through mid nineties, it was my kind of my life growing up and, uh, just it. in a lucky life. It was, I mean,
1: all of us growing up are very envious of that life.
0: Yeah, it was great. Except all the people I grew up with, uh, really only pretended to like me for my video games. So I never knew how popular (laughs) I actually was.
1: Well, because- <laughs> uh, it the, the, it continues. I'm only here
0: because of the video games you have. <laughs> okay, good. This is good to know. At least I'm yeah, used to yeah. it. Um, but yeah, they yeah. would come over on a Saturday and go, Hi, hey, Mrs. Johnson. Can Scott play? And then I'd be, she'd like, hey, hang on a second. Scotty, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm just in here. Uh, yeah, he's in the arcade room thing. Go ahead and go in there. And then they would all flock in there. And I'd have like half the high or the junior high school in there playing, you know, Pac-Man and uh, freaking uh, Battlezone and Missile Command and everything you can think of back in the day, and I never we've really knew if anybody sh- liked me.
1: <laughs> we've been we've been doing well. First of all, Scott, I love you, oh. and trust me, people like you for other things. Yeah, uh, like your height. Yeah, um, you sure. make great shade. Yeah, hey, but I, I, you know, we've talked about this before, but only briefly. I've, I've, I've heard you talk about the arcade and your dad working with, uh, you know, the arc. So, what exactly was set up in your basement? Was it like, was that his? test area so he could deliver the games later or was what, what, was, what was some of it on? so
0: I'll, I'll give you the, the basics of it so the whole thing started out with um he made a deal with this is such a weird thing because nowadays i just don't know how this happens but he made a deal with every pizza hut in the oh. entire state so from the tip north of of uh, of utah like roy utah all the way down to st george and everything in between including including salt lake we had every pizza hut in the state had a small cocktail size arcade machine in it that my dad would every weekend drive out to each of these locations for a chunk of time, get all the quarters out of them, uh, they usually met, they usually meant free pizza and stuff, so I would go because it was great, you get free pizza. Oh my God, um, Scott. You're
1: living the freaking dream. <laughs> oh no, it, was my amazing.
0: it was amazing. So it'd be like a Miss Pac Man or something, and he'd be getting the money out of it, and then we'd do whatever we had to do, any kind of maintenance, like a button was all sticky or something, and we'd fix that. Somebody dumped a Coke or whatever. <laughs> Someone jams a cigarette into the, you know, the quarter hole, things like that. And um yeah. amazing stories happened. There was first of all great road tripping with my dad. Um but secondly, like one time he had kind of the bay door of a, of an arcade machine open and inside there's right, like right. all the electronics and the part inter- of that part of that is like the transformers and the power system. And those things even today if even if you're touching an old one can still hold a charge and can just blow your freaking oh. hair off. And right. so at one point we were on a trip to uh at one of these pizza huts. And this is way before like Pepsi owned them or whoever owns pizza hut now. I even forget who owns it all. Right. So this it is seems just, like it's a Coke thing but I could be wrong. I could be. There's still They were still just kind of this, they were good. Pizza Hut was good then. Whatever, they're fine now. Eat what you want. But anyway, so we're in there, and he's he's tooling around. He's tooling around inside the back of his cabinet, and he touches with a screwdriver the transformer accidentally. Oh, my God. And it shocks him so bad that all I see, and I'm like, I don't know, I'm eight (laughs) or nine. I don't know what I was. I see my dad fly across the room from where the arcade machine was across great. what would be like a bunch of space for people to walk through and in, in and outdoors and stuff, and then just slam us back into the counter, oh my God, so that our pizza jostled and half of it uh like stretch stretched cheesed off the edge and hit the floor oh and no. uh he got shocked pretty bad anyway, so that was a great experience, you know, I got to see that that was fun and, did you get uh, to drive him
1: home or where did, did no, he drive home he was fine he Mom? Just shook
0: it off, he was fine, I was only eight i couldn't I couldn't drive. So we'll see. So here's the deal. Uh, part of this was it was going really well, and he started to get arcade deals in malls. So they would oh, have nice. an arcade space open up in a mall, and be like, "I'm you know I'm going to go after that." And so a couple of local malls had had his machines in it. And again, it's just like everything you can think of from that era, from Donkey Kong to Pac Man to uh, all over the place. Just the this, eight, eight, this is eight,
1: early or mid '80s, early, or before early the, '80s, uh, before right, the
0: video game crash. Yeah, right before the video game crash is when right. all this was going down. And uh, I guess I'd have been a little older then. I was probably eleven or twelve. Uh, it's all That's coming fine. back to I me. I mean, eight, eight at this age, eight and twelve seem the same. Yeah, it doesn't feel much different to me either way. I was a prepubescent turd. That was the deal, right? So he started building his own custom cabinets, and the what? first ones, the first one, and he did them because he wanted them to match the decor of the Pizza Huts, but also Pizza Hut had a certain height on their chairs and benches and he wanted yes. those to be you know good matches for the way he designed this thing such a weird idea now but it, so he started making weird. them so he'd buy his own particle board and he cut out these things and built these like console looking cool sit down model things with like fake leather on the wood finish and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and um would put games in there that he would get bo- the main boards and the guts of the thing from Japan there was no amazon to just go buy a bunch of retro pie right. or whatever you had to go He got got on the corded curly phone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And sometimes we got like weird contraband, like, you know, we're supposed to get uh, Galaga boards and instead they sent us this thing called Kamikaze 3, which was a a hacked version of Galaga. Anyway, your
1: dad sounds your dad sounds so much like my dad. Everything that I ever (laughs) received electronic device wise when I was between eight and 12 years old. Yeah. It was always, he gave me the plausible deniability yeah. of it fell off the back of a truck. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's, is. yeah. That's totally it. Like, when Where'd I, you get this from, Dad? It fell off the back of a truck. Some, okay. of it,
0: some of it was just straight up manufacturing piracy. Like, now that I look back right. on it. But uh, at the time, we were just like, oh, this is a weird version of Donkey Kong. What's, why is the, why is, how come Mario can jump three three floors at once? Why is that happening? Right. Oh, I don't so know. Some ability- kind of hack together deal. I'm sure Nintendo made it. Wink, wink. And then we, you know, we sold the arcade machines. But... But anyway, it was a rad little thing. Now, the, the reason I'm telling this backstory uh, is because one of those cabinets, before he died, got salvaged or got saved. And nice. hundreds of them that he had made were lost, thousands maybe, in, uh, in some storage units we didn't know he had. So when he passed okay. away, nobody knew about him, including my mom. And so all that stuff got auctioned, offered, or lost, or I don't know what happened. Brand new CRT monitors never used could have made bank on ebay with these things but we didn't know yeah. about them uh and so this one model i don't even know what games in it because it doesn't work and that brings to me my to, to my point i'm going to restore this effort i'm going to gut it and i'm going to just go nuts with this thing right now some would say i've got i have an actual moon crust machine from I don't, way back in the day that's an actual made in japan cocktail style sit down game machine right that is not as cool to me as this freaking thrown together wooden nightmare my dad made because, you know, it means more because my dad made it. So I'm going to restore that thing. I'm going to chronicle it. We're going to get video. We'll put some YouTube stuff up, some special stuff for patrons of this show. And I'm going to build the ultimate sit down version of some kind of retro arcade, you know, thing.
1: I'm excited about this. I love that our five year goal yeah, <laughs> is for Scott to restore. This arcade cabinet because it means something. It's, it's, I'm so excited about that. I didn't know to the depth of what that cabinet was. I, you've told me plenty of times yeah, mm-hmm. I got this cabinet. I haven't finished my basement. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. he, he probably ordered. Off <laughs> something and he's, he's had it forever and yeah he's just putting it off but okay but it my mom something.
0: like my my mom sorry my wife has my been, mom <laughs> she's been complaining about this thing for years she's like it's still in the garage nothing's happening to it we should sell it let's donate it let's do no! something no like no way I am taking this thing <laughs> I'm gutting the I'm gutting the hell oh out my, of it I'm,
1: oh my god you just you just spoke to our audience when you when you made that comment of the pressure mm-hmm. of. Everybody who's probably listening is probably into retro games. It probably has this love for something old that they haven't used in years, but had this yep. dream of bringing it to life. Yep. And then the loved ones who have to go, why?
0: Yeah. Why is, is this freaking here? here? Exactly. But I'd ask her the same thing about her mom's sewing machine that nobody uses and doesn't work. Same thing. Right. Except mine. Right. Mine could have thousands of MAME emulated rad arcade games on it. <laughs> and hers could never. I'm not going to. You're not going to her, modify that. What?
1: Hers could what? So, sew us some clothes? Yeah. I
0: mean... Oh, I got... Hey, I got a, I got a sock what needs darning. Somebody want to take care <laughs> Come of that? On. I don't know what darning but that's is. That's amazing. That's that's good. I mean, socked, still, uh, we, uh,
1: we, love, we all love what we love, and we all have a little bit of retro in us. I no, think so, in, too. No matter of who we are.
0: Right. So we're yeah. going to celebrate that on the show. I know you've been screwing around a bunch with VR, and some oh, of you are so going to hear much. that and go, well, the last, last thing on the planet that is retro is VR, but... I don't know. Brian's figuring out a way to turn VR into a retro uh, f- freaking metaverse. Why don't you tell me what you're it doing? It
1: really is. I, I've learned so, – okay, so the last month, I, I picked up an Oculus Quest 2. Yeah. And so I, I started getting into some emulation. I was already doing that as it was, but I said, hey, was there any VR emulation? And, I, and sure enough, there is. It's called called EMUVR. That's E-M-U-V-R. And I was like, okay, cool. Now don't worry. You don't have to be a VR head to play this. There this is a by the way, short for short
0: for emulation or uh the right. emu bird. For, okay. Short for
1: the bird. Okay. No, it's short for emulation Got it. in VR. Yeah. And uh is it's, it's it's been amazing. You can play it on the desktop, it's a Unity engine, or you can play it in VR mode. It runs fantastic. As a matter of fact, they have solved so many problems of uh, what I've had trouble with playing with what's called net play, which allows you to play two-player or multiple-player games mm-hmm. uh, in these old emulators, and uh, it actually bridges a lot of gaps that uh, the other pieces are missing. Because EmuVR is built on RetroArch, and you may be familiar with that if you've done any emulation. Uh, that manages your uh, game cores and your BIOSes and, and also your ROMs. Uh, and EmoVR is just really, is just put it all together. And what's special about it is you do get to design somewhat, or at least customize your own old r- room, kind of like 80s, 90s kind of era, 70s, 80s, 90s. Sure. Era. Big CTR uh, and or
0: CRT TVs and junk like that. Right? Yes. Yeah. They
1: have CRTs. Uh, you have CRT assets you can uh, put into that room, uh, TVs from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And when you put them in that room, you can then attach it to a console that's supported like maybe, you know, the arcade, main type arcades, uh, NES, SNES, any any console that you usually emulate otherwise is probably going to be in here. You turn the games on you're looking at this old CRT monitor and the game is playing there and you can play multiplayer. It's just such an immersive experience. Because I'll be honest with you, playing some of these old school emulations on my, you know, my large widescreen, you know, fancy monitor, it kind of lacks something. You know, there's a reason why people go out and they're doing this retro stuff and they pick up CRTs yeah. because they want that experience. And that's expensive. And really, it's really expensive to be a retro gamer, by the way, if you are if you're not doing it through emulation.
0: Oh yeah! Really if expensive. you're trying to if you're trying to recreate everything or have you know here's my original yeah. SNES with perfectly working cartridges and that stuff slowly over time we we're talking before the show about restoring audio tapes like it's way worse with games it's expensive as hell oh, it gets so expensive plus so you got right? to find right you got to find the rare ones it's like yeah, oh, I'm gonna spend four hundred dollars on eBay for a game and it's a nightmare a little bit.
1: And then you have like this, this you know, because it's also an investment because they're so expensive, and you feel like you have to keep it in certain condition, and you have to. And it's just, it's really a lot. Is mm-hmm. you're no longer enjoying the games themselves, you're enjoying the collection, and I don't like doing that. I don't want, I don't want to enjoy the collection. I want to enjoy. The games. I want to relive the memories, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's what that's what this Emu VR is allowing me to do. And the developers are they're really heavily involved in their end game for this, if you will, is to allow you to import your own 3D assets. Right now, you have like a Coca-Cola can, some candy bars in there. They got all kinds of old-school retro stuff that you probably remember from your childhood. You can kind of mess around with in there. The carts, uh, they they'll you can put the you can put the artwork on it. So I mean it's very immersive. It's really and cool. I, I didn't it really is. And like I said, you don't have to have VR. I'll I'll reiterate. You don't have to have VR to use emo VR. There is a uh there's a desktop mode you can do and it's just it's Yeah, you like can just a, sort of first person
0: shooter move around the place and plug stuff in and you right. know, all that. Uh I'll that's probably how I'll use it for now because my uh my quest one is not working currently. Um, right so i won't be able to brian's doing all kinds of cool video and stuff so very excited to see yeah
1: doing that the quest actually the quest 2 is the number for 2021 was like the number four most desired game or something like or game device Mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's up there right now it's Mm -hmm. because there's so many things you can do there's also you can easily get bored but there's a lot of things to do and it's inexpensive at
0: 399 i think it's pretty good 64 so yeah you pay that for a full console these days uh, and the oh. most
1: important part,
0: <laughs> you gosh. can
1: actually find them in stock.
0: This actually is actually emulating a, a wrestling match.
1: Are oh yeah, you can me? you can so the one of the cores that RetroArch supports <laughs> is FF FFmpeg, right? Yeah. And that, so great. You can play you could play videos. This guy's he's having fun. He's he's watching a match right now. So you can you can actually play like uh, old wrestling videos or old commercials on one TV, and then set up a second TV uh, and play video games. It's this really immersive experience. It's one of the most true feeling uh, experiences to play in retro for me.
0: That's awesome. I, I, I. It's it's enough to make me want to dust off, uh, you know, three hundred dollars and spend buy another <laughs> quest. Maybe this year. I don't know. I keep I keep thinking because my quest one died, and I'm like, well, if I get a quest two, you just know the next week they're going to announce quest mm-hmm. three, and then I'm going to be pissed.
1: Uh, they- they're, okay, so their plans are that I'm going to have to get too far off because this is still retro stuff, but the the Quest 3 that they're looking at, they, they originally wanted to do a 2022 release, but let's face it, with the supply chain the way it is, it's a real good chance it's yeah. going to push into 2023. Shortage is a so shortage. If you're going de- to deny yourself something for a year over... That cost, if that's not value to you, then, yeah, you might want to wait. But to me, it was it was a no-brainer. Like, worth yeah, every because penny because you're a smart worth guy. Worth every penny.
0: Yep, well done. <laughs> all right. Well, as promised, uh, the show deals – We our goal here is to put a big, fat target on one big retro experience each week with a bunch of other stuff yes. around it. And this week, we have chosen my favorite game of all time, so much so that it's my favorite uh, arcade game of all time, my favorite retro game of all time that the theme noise we're going to use for when this main segment starts each week uses sounds from the aforementioned game that I'm now going to tell you about. So ladies and gentlemen, sit on your butts and get ready. We're here to talk about Joust. Shall we play a game? Yes, we should shall play a game. It's Joust, everybody. Now... Just for a little ambiance here, I'm gonna turn this on. Hold on. Oh, we're at the arcade. Yep, we're at the arcade. We got a little bed bed sound. You can hear all that. You can tell where we're at and what we're doing. Okay, so here's the deal. We're talking about Joust, and you might say to yourself, "Wait, Joust? That's that game what uh, puts you on a a flying bird and you go bonking heads and whatnot." You'd be correct. <laughs> that is, that is exactly what Nailed it is. It. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing game. Came out in 1982. Um, here's basically the brief rundown of the thing. You're a little knight. You're on top of an ostrich. Okay. What, the other thing I didn't know about was you're battling dudes that are on buzzards. I thought yes, they also were on jousts, or I thought they were also on ostriches. I had no idea that that was the case. Yeah, they're, they're
1: green buzzards as opposed to your other color. Uh, so yeah, they're they're definitely nasty yeah it's just funny
0: because it's a, a freaking buzzard like you know i thought everybody why wouldn't right. y'all just have why wouldn't y'all just it, fly around on the same bird i don't know it, it's weird and
1: don't forget this is a two-player game so you could be uh player two who comes in uh dropped
0: your quarters in or your 12 pence
1: and you can fly as mr stork that's yeah, right a knight on stork. a stork
0: yeah you want to be a stork mm-hmm. i got good news for you this game supports two-player storkage storkage <laughs> storkage Storkage. Um, all right. So this game immediately grabbed me when I was a kid, and I think the reason it did was because of the completely, like, non—not um, trying to be like everybody else of it. Yes. And by that, I mean, like, everything was a scrolling space shooter at the time. Everything was yes. trying to be Galaga— Galaxian, Space Invaders, or some form of that. Defender. Yeah. Think of it as like the saturation of first-person shooters these days or of any genre that just sort of takes over and nobody's doing anything but that. Well, here comes a game that says, hey, what if uh, we change that completely? And all of the combat is handled in this like very different way. And it's not a scrolling game. In fact, it's just a static screen. Where the you know the obstacles and the platforms change, but for the most part you're just sort of in that place. And what if we threw in this like weird bit of physics? And that yes. to me is the number one thing that makes this game interesting. Then and you're in the long fighting, run,
1: as you're it, fighting you're fighting gravity the entire time you're playing. You're engaging with the game. Unlike like you said, a bunch of these other uh, scrolling shooters that were around at the time, you you kind of were. On rails. I mean you just you just flew to the right or left or whatever direction and you and you you fired at stuff. This yeah. was a this was collision. This was all about colliding yeah with uh with your enemy and, and having there was momentum, no shooting at
0: all. The momentum was the yeah. thing that sold me. It was like, well, if I keep moving or running this direction, I actually have to hold back the other way to stop. There's no like instant stop for anything. If I want to go no. up higher faster, I got to really crank on the flap button, the fly button. <laughs> What, are they, what was it called? They wasn't called the flap. Button. It, was, it
1: was called the flap. It was the flap button. You're absolutely right. It was called the flap button. There was big words on the uh, if you if you looked at the joystick. There was only there was a, a two directional joystick left right and a button and, and there was two players. So you had two joysticks, two buttons, and it said flap. It did and you say would, flap. And you would hit that it? flap, and that's how you would uh, you would fly, and you would you would have to do it in a rhythm uh, yeah. that would that would move you yeah you would dance and the to.
0: goal the goal was a was an up and down and a side to side sort of thing but again it was all based on this sort of you know momentum and gravity and fighting gravity and gravity and doing it at the right time because the enemy buzzard was coming at you at a certain speed and if you didn't flap high enough he was gonna clip you and you're gonna die or if you got up high enough you're gonna clip him and that's the weird bit the battle or the combat in this thing is all about you clipping I- their head being just a little higher than they are. Right, when you clip him with your bird feet, basically.
1: You, you gotta take, you gotta take the high ground, Anakin, above the lava pit. Yeah, watch that's out, right. Watch out, m- um, Goblin
0: monster. Yeah, watch out, Anakin. With the
1: hand, yeah. And yeah, watch get, out, Anakin. You gotta, you gotta take the high ground, and, and that's then, how you, that's how joust works. You always have to be above your enemy when you're fighting them. You're supposed to, you're supposed to believe that when you're playing joust, just like in real life joust. Uh, that you're supposed to uh, lance them mm-hmm. with it with yeah. your lance, but really you can fly directly at your enemy and then at the last second turn around and give them the bird butt. Yeah, and uh, works just fine. Yeah. Matter of fact, I prefer it because usually the the egg that comes out of your enemy, that's right. Yeah, your, out of his butt. The green egg comes out. Of, yeah, it comes right out of his butt. Yep. Uh, it will come flying down, and you'll need to grab that egg before he, uh, before he regenerates and and his buzzard comes back and picks him back up. And he's also upgraded too, by the way. That sucks.
0: Yeah, the guy I'm watching play right now is just being kind of a troll. <laughs> I don't know why he's doing well, this.
1: You know, well, actually, what he's doing is he's trying to get the highest points possible every time. Uh, and well, he may just be trying to show some examples. But so <laughs> he just he just hit that pterodactyl. Yeah. He um, did. So anyway, you uh, you you're, you can when the egg drops, it'll sit there for a few minutes or a few yeah. seconds, really. And it will uh, then the knight will rehatch from it, but he'll be the next level up knight. So there's three levels of knights in this that you're you're facing off, and so once he, once you do that three times and they're upgraded and you you can smash them at a higher
0: higher level. So Yeah, 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 and exactly. Same. He,
1: is, is there some yeah? There's some there's some. You know, it's some weird
0: when strategies. you kill them; they all just they all poop out their egg, and then you go grab their eggs, and the their eggs right. give you points, and you're trying to maximize how many of those you get. If those eggs are left too long, they hatch and they turn into a rider again and their bird comes and they, they mount up. And often they're faster and harder to beat at this stage, so you want to yes. try not to let yes. that happen. Um, the platforms that act as both landing spaces, obstacles, and, obstacles. and yeah, right. and, and portals that bring in new enemies, including yourself. Yeah. You, you portal in on the bottom one or whichever one is available. Uh, right. Those are constantly changing, disappearing, go, coming back, that sort of thing. Other than that, fairly simple presentation. Now, what really grabbed me as a kid was the the world. It's hard to say it's world building, but I really mean this. Like, what a weird idea! Like, some kind of future yeah. fantasy, riding on a giant bird, jousting with other birds over giant lava pits. Like, yes. it just made my imagination go places, and that isn't so easy for games, you know? It's
1: not. And and plus, one of the things they did uh, this was this is a sixteen. 16- you know, it's only sixteen colors in this game, but they chose mostly bright colors, except for some of the platforms and stuff. So it's really eye-catching, and the animation is eye-catching. One of the uh, one of the uh, uh, the designers in this game actually was uh, previously a Disney animator, so they use the book of uh, animal animation mm-hmm. uh, to kind of kind of play some of those. You know, how, how to make the birds fly. So it was very eye-grabbing compared to a lot of other things. At the arcade, and it also had some of the best sound. They used they used uh, as many bits and bytes that was limited to give you something that was interesting to listen to. So, yeah, John John Newcomer was it was the game developer. Such a great name, really, dude.
0: New Newcomer. No yeah. matter what project you're on, you're always
1: the newcomer. I love it. Newcomer, yeah. And he he was new, and they hired him at Williams specifically because he was uh, you know he had been prototyping things before this and so he he knew a lot about basically user interface yeah he was really good at knowing how to engage with gamers
0: the rest of his team probably people haven't heard of but uh, Bill fazuza Zen neuter
1: there you go didn't butcher his name at all nope. uh, bill bill was the bill was the uh, the coder from from what I've uh,
0: the coder always has the weird last name. It's always the way. <laughs> I don't know why that I is. I think his name of the Futsen Luther. Luther. V- then you got Janice woldenberg Miller. You got Nee Hendricks. Paul. Sorry, Python and Hello, which is yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, Python
1: and uh, passed away uh, probably about ten years ago yeah. now. But he's the okay. one who did. If you if you visually recognize it, he probably designed it. He designed the uh, uh, the cabinet as well as a lot of the artwork in the game. So he was the animator.
0: Yeah, the style and did. look of it comes down to that dude uh then there was yeah. this tim murphy guy and uh john Kaltaleric, Kaltaleric. yes yeah called Kult, yeah it's pretty weird uh but it's a very 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 cool thing now here's some really interesting little known facts about the game uh this is interesting two ideas in the treasure chest war of the worlds <laughs> so tell me about Wait, this because yeah, yeah. war of the worlds okay. had some kind of inspiration here and i don't understand how Right, 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 What does right. it have so, to do? So with it?
1: John came come in when when uh, Williams hired him, uh, and they basically first thing they did was they they were they were flying high on their Defender success from the previous year, and so they had a little extra money, and they said, you know what, we want some, we want some ideas. So they brought him in as kind of an idea man, which is what he did, and uh, he wanted to do a War of the Worlds first. That's really what touched him the most. However, not with that hardware, so. He also had another idea for Joust. He was big into fantasy stuff. He loved he loved uh, Flash Gordon. You know that. Oh, Flash yeah. Gordon. Bring yeah. my Mingo phone. Bring right? Mingo phone. You seen yeah. that guy? Yeah. 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 And so <laughs> he found a way uh, to build it. This Joust game, this flying game that he wanted to to build on the Defender
0: hardware. Yeah, they used the so Defender. It was already e- out there. Basically, an engine. Right. Although I guess the terminology for engines isn't how we we don't think of it as the same as we do now. Like today, it's a big software. Sweet with custom code and blah blah blah. When we say, yeah, so and so uses the Unreal engine or somebody uses the whatever mm-hmm. engine from mm-hmm. some game, that's what they mean. In this case, when they We'd say use we the use board. the defender engine, <laughs> they used a freaking board full of chips. Like that's yeah, the engine. Yeah. yeah it's
1: crazy. You, you replace you replace a couple of chips, uh, you would replace the controls. Uh so instead of uh was Defender two? I was was it two two position and defender, was it eight position? I can't uh, remember anyway. May have only been four
0: you know, up down, right have, up. It,
1: Yeah, I think it was four because you had to move. I think it was four. Can't correct? remember. I'm and, watching. And I'm watching it right run, now. Right?
0: Yeah, there's no diagonal on this thing. You're up down. Right, there's no right. like diagonal. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting though because you can kind of see it. I mean, you look at yeah. Defender and you go, "Oh, okay." So you know, even though this is a the appearance of a non-static screen, it appears to be scrolling. I could see how they mm. would start here and and move from there. Oh well, he just right. shot one this of the is- guys he's picking up what the
1: hell <laughs> that's no good now once again i gotta i gotta I gotta <laughs> suggest you know this is this is this all we've I've read I've read you know interviews with John Ucumber, and I've seen you know documentaries a little bit on joust and uh and I really feel like uh bill uh plutzen what we say a foot and i think I think he was probably like the guy that gets things done. So, you know, John Newcomer was like, we got to do this. And then and then Bill was like, well, uh, we have this Defender stuff that I'm familiar with, and I think we can make it work. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just me speculating, but I feel like that's probably you how You got to have that happened.
0: guy. Plus, you're going to cut corners. Yeah. You don't want to start new with a whole platform. Not, not back then, because it's really expensive no. stuff. And, you know, it wasn't just simply, well, let me fire up my computer and write everything in some .NET code or whatever. It was all assembly <laughs> language, and it was all... You know, hard coded chips, and it's a yeah. different animal than it is today. Like in a lot of ways, uh you know, these guys are forerunners, obviously, of of what game development would become one day. But I still think this stuff is monumental. I hear about how they made them, and I'm just like, what the oh. frick? Are you serious?
1: It's it's it's, it's amazing. Lot. I mean, let's let's. I mean, just just think about the the game concepts here that were taking place, and now it wasn't necessarily brand new because we've had arcades for you know decades before almost century uh where you know pinball's different types of uh, competitive play mm-hmm. and now here we are in the electronic era and so we're bringing that along and we're talking about somebody John who's who believes Mr. Newcomer believes that there's going to be um this that this is the future of entertainment right yeah. he's thinking this is going this is where it's going and he's he's excited and also disappointed to find out that there are limitations to mm-hmm. his vision. So yeah. he's uh, he it's 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 just it's always bittersweet to be right there on the uh, on the edge of cutting edge technology. It doesn't seem like it now. It's like oh that was nothing, but then it was something.
0: That's the guy, by the yeah. way. I'm holding putting a picture up right now. Dude, signing that uh, joust book is the. Is yes. is John Newcomer, and that's a guy who won some contest for uh, speed run or something. I don't know what he did, but that's what yes. that is. Uh, but people but imagine. Home, okay, so yeah.
1: John's wanting to incorporate a couple of things. First, he's wanting to engage with the uh, player uh, by getting them to literally, you know, you have to be entirely engaged with Joust because to fly requires a lot of concentration and you know, learning patterns and and tapping and learning gravity mm-hmm. and momentum. And uh, that's that's a pretty big thing to do. And then he introduces a, a two-player uh, concept to this. And it's it's an open pl- uh, two-player. So there's there's no true, you know, is, is it PvP versus PvE? No. You don't really play co-op hard or, you know, or anything. It's,
0: it's, you choose. It's dick and sometimes mode. sometimes you don't choose. It's dick mode. Here's what happens. It's- you <laughs> sit down with a friend of yours. Okay, I have a machine yeah. in the other room. It's one of those one-up arcade uh, versions of Joust. Yes. It's in there. You so get
1: the rampage one? Is that the right that's one? That's the one.
0: And I'll play that sometimes yeah. with friends or family, whatever. Uh you get in there. There's it is not a cooperative experience. It should be, but it <laughs> isn't. Like you should be going to get, oh, let's get all the buzzards together because we're working together on this. No. You're you you do that, but you accidentally right. or on purpose or a million other reasons why this happens. You bonk each other all the time, and there's no clipping, yes. so you're not flying through each other. You will ricochet off of each other, kill each other by accident. And if it's your right. brother, you might even hate each other for years and have to have reconciling <laughs> moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> so life life experience. Yeah,
1: exactly. What Which makes it challenging because it's a pretty crowded single-screen game with a lot of obstacles, and then you throw... You know, vultures in there and and pterodactyls. We haven't even talked about the pterodactyl, Mm -hmm. right? Pterodactyl? How do you say it?
0: Pterodactyl? Pterodactyl is correct. Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl.
1: Yep. So, yeah, you even got that unbeatable pterodactyl. So there's a lot going on on screen. And as wave after wave uh, finishes, that's that's how this does. They don't do levels. It's it's waves. And each wave usually has... uh, has uh, you know a, a point right? Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's like oh you're trying to do this, and
0: he's a real um, chode by the way, just a chode. Hey,
1: oh yeah, the pterodactyl, unbeatable. Yes, oh this this guy is actually making fun of the fact that it is quote unquote unbeatable that pterodactyl, and the reason why is is, is is it was that in the original game. Here's some trivia for you. In the original game, it was unbeatable, but the but this is according to lore. According to lore, the day before it was shipped, somebody modified a little bit of code, just a few pixels of code. It made it possible uh, to kill them because you know the collisions are you know are outline certain. Areas. They're also and they're so also different than the other one. birds.
0: So when you kill a buzzard, right. it's not the same as when you kill a pterodactyl. You need to be head on with that pterodactyl. With yes. the birds, you need to be just above them. The pterodactyl has this weird momentum where when it comes on screen. And it doesn't happen for the first, I forget what level it kicks in, but at some point it kicks in and it hasn't for the first five levels or whatever. When that thing comes in, you hear it go, (laughs) whatever. And then it flies (laughs) across the room, the room, the board, and then can kind of stop and then fly again. Like there's this weird acceleration to it. And if you don't know the patterns or you don't get it straight in your head, how that thing moves, you're dead. You're just dead.
1: Right. This is a good time to talk about something that I don't like about, any game. I like to I like to always be an amateur at a game. Mm. I think games are the most enjoyable in my experience at the amateur level where you're still discovering things in wholesale. You know mm. when you get when you when you start learning patterns like I did with Pac-Man and patterns and even in joust, it at some point it's just like eh, it's kind of lost its magic. I like the mystery of knowing oh, well, if I fly over here and near this platform and kind of hover in this area, what happens? Okay.
0: No, it's, so what I used to always, to it's what I used to always say about Diablo uh, 1 and 2. I used to think, right. I really truly believed that those games had unending uh, weapons and gear, that there was no right. end to it and there was some magic computer thing happening where that stuff was being generated <laughs> like constantly and they had new names every time and it was never, ever going to run out of art assets this helmet looks different than the last one because that game just got endless possibilities and i had that right. such a strong belief in my head that when i finally figured out oh no that's not true at all look at this stuff i'm kind of hitting the limit or or, or it's just random rolls when i get the same stuff twice it's doing some number changes but it's the same gear just with right. a slightly different plus here and minus there and that's fine And the illusion was really powerful, but it was so strong that I really thought, I mean, I sucked into it to the point that I just thought, now this is the future. No end to this. But like any game, name a game where you can't eventually be good enough (laughs) to hit the wall, right? You hit the wall. When
1: when things turn from from witchcraft or when it it turns from magic to science, I'm like, hmm. When it turns from magic to science or math, I'm like, oh. But that's that's what some people love. Some people like speedrunners. I mean, they're like, oh, I want to see how perfect I can be at this game. And in order to do that, I need to do patterns. And that's fantastic. If that's you, love you. No,
0: it's I, great. I, 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 I like I'm, the
1: magic. I do, I like too. the magic. It makes me feel like a kid.
0: Yeah. I, there's you know? some games where I'll play them until I see the, the under bits, you know? like yes. I. I'm now exposed to what's uh, uh, making this work. And then the magic, it doesn't necessarily end for sure, but it does diminish. Right. And it bums me out.
1: <laughs> and and so there's a side effect to that. So at the arcade, this was kind of typical of the arcade because now that I've been playing these games on emulators, I have unlimited quarters. I have unlimited 12 pence, right? I mm-hmm. can I can play as long as I want. And so the magic kind of disappears after a while. Whereas when I was restricted, you know, it's like, okay, I only can spend as many quarters as I could find in a mom's pocketbook. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it was, it was, it was exciting every time I went in. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so it, it's, it's both a, it's both a pleasure and a disappointment.
0: How, how do you like, uh, now I know I played probably a lot more joust than you did as a kid, but I played uh, hardly any at all. Yeah, see, I, we're gonna have we're gonna have this a lot on the show where one of us really got sucked into a certain kind of game and the other just plain old right. didn't. But uh, one of the things I hated the most is when the lava's exposed because it isn't at first. Couple first couple levels that lava's underneath rock. Once that yes. gets exposed, now you have the you know the fall into it hazard. You have the pterodactyl flying around hazard, and if you fly too close to the fire, yeah. a hand lava, like l- lava this, like Satan's hand comes up. And grabs you and won't let go. Think going. he's like a lava troll? I
1: don't right. know
0: what he is. He's a dick, though. Yeah. he's a dick. He's, the, he's a lava dick. Is what he is. He's a lava yeah. dick. <laughs> and,
1: and it is. It is hilarious because they say I, I'm not good enough at it. I, I know there's probably some Jaws people out here who are huge Jaws fans who are excellent. Probably can make it to wave thirty six or something. I'm like wave ten if I'm lucky. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm sure they're fantastic. but I can never escape the stupid lava hands. I know you're supposed to repeatedly hit the button, but it just doesn't seem to ever. I don't know. Maybe it's my emulation. It's not fast enough or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I can never escape. But the stupid buzzard knights do every time. They're just like, they're like out. Well, the
0: worst thing about them, when the buzzards get to be, you know, get to like, I don't know, wave, wave 50 or something. Right, it's this is all you hear, and it doesn't yeah. stop until there's intense. a million of them. Oh my gosh, it's intense, super intense. Yeah, I, I, I've 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 read that part
1: of the design uh, challenge was the more uh, buzzards and characters they have on screen. Of course, they had limited amounts of memory. Sure, um, it, they would get slower. But I've seen several waves where I'm like, oh my gosh, they're they're just they're just flying.
0: No, it's at, so at some point there, you do kind of hit an upper limit where they're, I don't know what, what, what's slowing it down. Maybe it's memory or programming right. or something. Just they memory. are just a little bit slow, right. but what they make up for or what they lose in speed, they make up for in just sheer numbers. Numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> everywhere and they're going up higher than you go faster than you right. do. And so it doesn't really matter <laughs> that they're, yeah. that they're slower. It's just the worst. it. And, the, and there's some, like, okay,
1: so once again, I, I think it may be a little bit of controller latency. I'm not sure. I'd like to play a real arcade machine. Plenty of these out in the wild, by the way. This is one of the, one of the more popular, real, you know, restored uh, arcade games out there is, is Joust. I'd be interested because I know that whenever I fly to the very top, of course, one of the strategies you want to do in Joust is to take your bird to the very top as high as you can because higher the, higher the lance, the... Greater the chance that you'll be up above Higher your the enemy. Higher the lance, greater the
0: chance. Up. That's a really good quote. <laughs> That's good. We need to write that so, down somewhere. That's really good. Right
1: cool. Write down. And so uh, when you get to the top, I've seen the enemy, They those stupid buzzard knights, they can, they can like just ride the top. Ride the top. I get up there and I hit it once. Boom, and I knock down like about you know three or four leagues and I have to, boom, I have to come back. Come back up. So yeah, the world is uh, uh,
0: the world is limited. Well, the the side you do like Pac Man, uh, or a better example right. is probably asteroids, where you fly off the left side, you're going to come flying off the right side. You you know it's right. just continuous. Whereas up though is a ceiling. It's a hard freaking lock, and you can't go anywhere but down once mm. you hit it. Uh, and you got to remember that, or else you're screwed. There's no like floating up into nothing or coming up from the bottom. The bottom is lava. And as we know, when the floor is lava, the, you're Yeah, the screwed. floor is lava, you're screwed. And yeah. even
1: worse, the floor is lava, and when you jump over to another couch, yeah. it reaches up and tries to grab you.
0: Yeah. You don't the, want that. Satan's hand comes up and grabs you right where you don't want to <laughs> be grabbed. So this is a, some other interesting stuff about it. It was programmed in assembly language. We talked about that before. But here, yeah. this was actually unique at the time. A pack of three AA batteries provided right. a battery backup thing for the game settings and high scores. So whatever the settings were, now usually that was dip switches, so it didn't really matter. Um, I messed around with enough of those boards to see enough dip switches to know, but, but, uh, dip but, switch. but game yeah. saves were usually a problem. <laughs> if you ever saw that episode, the Frogger episode of Seinfeld, they had to right. keep it powered to move it or else you would lose the high scores, the high scores. And that sucked if right. you were, especially if you were in the top three. So this thing had a battery backup that saved high scores, even when the thing got unplugged or the power went out. And that was massive for, if you were competitive about this stuff at all, that was like a big deal. Right. And I kind of so, was yeah, for they a while. I was kind of like, I'm going to the arcade to try to beat my score, kind of mindset. Yes. Uh, so John Newcomer was a he just great at that
1: stuff. Just a great. I, I maybe he didn't come up with that idea, but I feel like there was just a a a collection. It was just that perfect storm of talented people believing in a new technology yep. and wanting to truly give the gamers an experience. And I, I didn't realize that. I, I didn't play Joust back at the arcade. I, it wasn't even in our arcade that often, I think. I don't know if it was broken a lot or something. We only had one arcade. So if, if it was if Joust wasn't running, you just didn't play Joust. No. You played no. something else. Yeah, it was just awesome. And uh yeah. And then of course it had passed, this time had passed by, you know, eighty six, Joust two was out and
0: And uh, garbage. Can we just talk was... for a second about the sequel? <laughs> it's a bad sequel. It's not good. It's bad. It's
1: it is it is whole, you are correct. It is whole, it is bad, but it's it's like we see with so many things. It was at the end of an era and it had a lot of great ideas in parts, but you know, everything was shutting down already and everything was, you know, kind of going crap. And so I I think it just fell at the, the finish they line. They were trying, really some great They were
0: trying so hard. Yeah, the art was cool. It was definitely an upgrade in a lot of ways and they were trying really hard to say let's get off the single map you know right scenario here let's let's actually have some more than that and and I, and I applaud that of course that's what you'd have to do next with a game like this um it just played bad it just didn't feel as good yeah it it didn't it 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 really aspired to
1: really take it to the next level it really should it, it should have pared back down a little bit like i said i think there was just so much pressure going on then it was a vertical screen instead of a wide screen uh the developer kind of expressed a, a dis- dislike for that yeah um and but it did have some really cool things like you could choose what waves to start on so you wouldn't have to start at wave one you'd come in drop your quarters and drop down to like wave 60 yeah. you know yeah and and work your way from there. So you didn't always have to see the same waves. Those yeah, are really good ideas. They, and also you, could, cool you, could, uh, you, could, right, you could you could right. You could you could tran you could uh you could morph from uh from your from your bird to a pegasus. That was very that was super hot fantasy stuff, right? Yeah. during the early eighties. You wanna be Pegasus, that's right.
0: Yeah, everybody wants horses. to be Pegasus, why not? That's a cool right. horse horse. Yeah, and it was animal. it was really
1: it was really cool. I played it for a little bit and it was cool in the fact that you know when you're your bird, your ostrich, you can fly up and it is he's fighting gravity a good bit. But then when you turn into the um into the Pegasus, you 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 fall really fast. Oh yeah. And uh so there was a little bit of there was a you could switch between the two and it was it was kind of an effective Fight that you could you could perform. So yeah, I don't know. There was there was a lot of good ideas, but like you said, it it was just it was the an ambitious it was an ambitious change. I
0: I feel like it's like trying to do the, I don't know. It's like a Matrix sequel. The original Matrix is a bona fide modern classic. This Matrix right. sequels just never could reach those heights, and may, and after seeing the fourth one, I think they never will. Um, right. And that's a bummer because <laughs> you know you'd love to see these sort of stuff followed up on, but I think the first one is so simple and just about as perfect as you can get for the time that it came out. Um, The only real thing I would like to see them do in a modern way with Joust, outside of this cool VR stuff you're doing and everything else, um, is I would like to see the the Pac-Man Championship Edition treatment uh, that you've seen for not just Pac-Man, but a couple other games have it. It's like, uh, I think Galaga has a version of this, but basically it's like, well, what if we take the concept of like Pac-Man but make it just insane? Like, Let's just go nuts with it. And make a really fun take on it. Those one and two are both amazing games, especially one. One is <laughs> insane. I would love to see somebody just take a crack at the joust formula and go, I go would, crazy with it. It'd be really cool. I would listen, I would just
1: love somebody to dive deep into the world building of what is joust because there's so many interesting questions that go unanswered. I know there's been some like – I think there's been some little small Atari comics and stuff that kind of you know illustrates that – you know, this, this is your knight and this is the battle that's going on. But I really want to know why the pterodactyl gets so angry if you don't <laughs> uh kill the other knights quick enough. And you know, and what's up with the lava troll? What's he so upset about? Who is who is who is the guiding hand? What are we fighting for? These yeah. little dirt platforms. Yeah. I wanna I wanna dive deep into joust, and I would love for somebody to do that because it's such a crazy idea of a knight riding an ostrich or a stork and fight it against guys on buzzards it's a it's an insane idea it reminds me a lot of uh ralph basky's uh wizard oh yeah his Wizard's
0: great yeah. yeah i love his it reminds stuff.
1: me of reminds me of that kind of idea and art style it's, it was late this was kind of late for fantasy we had a little we had a really big we had kind of we had a big push for fantasy in the late 70s but we we were still seeing that uh transpire in the early 80s we weren't as much into it necessarily, but it was, it was still, it was still really some important work. Yeah, I agree. For the the life
0: of me, I was sure that there was a Joust cartoon spinoff, but I couldn't find it. I looked and looked and looked. It
1: feels like there should be. Now I found all kinds of amazing low quality. And you talked about this at at the top of the show for our patrons. Uh, but you were talking about converting your tapes. There was some amazing VHS recordings of Joust commercials. There's one that is just Monumental in scale, where you're this this kid this 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 player is uh, is is getting engaged with a, a, the Atari joust, and it is just it is insane because he goes from fighting uh, you know ostrich knights in his house; these are real live action things uh to to turn it into an ostrich at the end yeah and
0: it's, it's, it's crazy how, how nuts they went by the way, that commercial or that commercials yeah. great, but the, the version on the atari twenty six hundred yes is a pile of rotting it corpse flesh it's so bad it it
1: is such a disappointment visual wise because I mean even though it was only sixteen colors at the arcade, Atari was like Two
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you were like, lucky, like, if you were lucky,
1: it was, it was like two. two colors it was silhouetted, and that's fine. Atari was working with some really limited hardware that was being shipped to everybody's house, and so it was all about the gameplay e t um <laughs> and it was it was the reason why we had Atari. you can thank Atari for a stupid game crash um yeah. but yeah, yeah it was it was it was interesting yeah. i I find there's at least some you're showing on the screen right now. And yeah. if you've never seen the Atari Joust, that's what you've been looking at, the arcade <laughs> so Joust. It's just like, it's it's painful to look at. I mean, there's this, you know, lines for platforms. There's silhouettes of the birds.
0: Yeah. The birds it's still and the kind of amazing what they were doing. Yeah. The fact that they pulled it off at all is probably okay. And it's better. I will yeah. say it's better than the Pac-Man port. That thing's still one of the worst things ever. Oh made. man. That really was bad. We've talked about this before.
1: It's me and you, but uh, man, Atari ports, I was still excited back in the day, but if you went to the arcade a lot, and you got an Atari. It was very exciting to have one at home, but mm-hmm. it was always that little disappointment. Like, what the crap is this? Yeah, This is uh, not Pac-Man.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a, it's, it's is, an unfortunate side effect of, you know, this is as good as we can do at home. And, right. He, and and also, it really took off, which meant it was popular, and that meant the big names had to get transferred. And then they would put, you know, box art that was <laughs> a million miles beyond anything the game Dude. represented. Like, it wasn't even close. D- the, the greatest
1: the greatest contribution that atari made yeah. in my opinion in my life anyway to, for me <laughs> yeah. was was the magic imagination gap fillers that they used between the books they included with their game cartridges the artwork just phenomenal art oh, it was artwork. unbelievable
0: it was unbelievable i have a whole yeah. uh, i have a whole book of these and they're amazing yes, and i can't I do too. Recommend it's right being... back it's right back here
1: i keep it at the at the ready it is uh, it is amazing the uh, the art of atari it is just You can't even believe it. It's like you look at the games and you look at this quality of stuff around it and the belief that they had in what they were doing. And it is amazing.
0: No, they really go all in on the art in a way that is weirdly admirable. Also, they also had took so many liberties like, yeah, he's on an ostrich. And yeah, for some reason, he' got some eighties like visor thing on his on his face. It's flesh. but these, uh-huh. these eggs are round for some reason, and even in the even in the arcade version, they weren't round. they're definitely yeah. not round in the Atari version. they're more elongated.
1: And why do they turn into eggs when you kill them? I don't know. it's so weird. It's like because you scared <laughs> the,
0: you scared an egg out of a female ostrich and it pooped it out. I don't know. yeah, and
1: and then they rehatch. And you're like, wow. Now there is one thing I liked about Joust 2. Okay, we won't we won't talk much more about Joust 2, but want, there's one thing I really did love. I love the fact, okay, so when you're in Joust one, you you kill the, the the enemy knight, see he he falls into an egg and then he hatches later, and then you all you gotta do is scoop him up before the buzzer comes back. Mm-hmm. In part two. They also respawn, but they have a lance, and it's really long. And if you don't approach the knight in the proper direction, they'll get you. So it adds a level of complexity. Like I said, those are a lot of great ideas oh, amazing in Joust ideas. It, yeah. it, just, it just couldn't do it.
0: I'll, I'll, it was I'll a I'll bad get, time. Here's a little hint for you. I've got a game for Guess Our Game Later that that takes that, that tries some new things and also fails miserably. There's your hint okay right. uh real quick i want to mention some games that are available that are kind of joust adjacent some of these are just straight up rip-offs oh. some have been uh or it is claimed that they just stole the engine uh took the board and, and retrofitted it to make it be the game they wanted it to be and one of those games is called 1983's Jetpack with a c oh uh, i don't know this it's a weird game i played this somewhere don't remember where <laughs>
1: Now, that's this might you might have played it at an arcade. Now, if you've been to the art, been to any type of arcade in the last ten years or so, uh, they found a way to make mobile games. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, arcade games. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. It is weird. But, uh,
0: and this game was yeah. just like a very odd. You could shoot in it, so I had a little defender also, which was also an obvious. Yeah, an obvious. Uh, they stole <laughs> that board. Yeah, um, but that was that was often criticized for that. There's another game that is definitely. Uh, right up the joust DNA. And it came from, it came from Nintendo and it's called balloon fight. And I will admit, I really liked balloon oh, yeah. fight because it was as close as I could get to the feeling of joust, but not look like garbage. Like it was actually a good yeah. looking game for its time. It, it was a really good-looking game. Yeah, but, but a Balloon Fight was straight-up Joust rip-off. Like, there's no I
1: played I played... That's the thing. I didn't really play much Joust, like I said, but I did play a lot of this. And so, to me, it was like Joust is the rip-off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I get that. I totally get it. And
0: I, and it's, it's funny, because... <laughs> you'd think that, like, Nintendo is so hardcore about anyone taking their IP and doing anything with it. They fully right. rip this off, man. Oh, man, yeah. And they reskinned they, they, it. They,
1: they so look, Nintendo Nintendo is is brilliant in, in are the they? things they do. <laughs> I'm just they kidding. really are. Yeah, they're they are. really they brilliant. Are. Now they don't they they've luckily they've never taken any I don't think they, they take risk, but they're like, oh good risk or something. I don't understand how they do it. They're they're truly they're truly gifted yeah. at what they
0: do. Yeah, I agree with I agree with that. Now, a couple other games that are floating out there. I'm just gonna mention these. There's the arcade game that was a big hit for a long time, very competitive one called Killer Queen. Very heavily inspired by Joust. They've even said so. Uh, there's a game right. I have right now, actually, a small indie game called Jetpack Jousting, which is basically Defender uh-huh. meets Joust in a kind of new way. Yes. Very cool little game. You can check it out on Steam if you're interested. That's Jetpack Jousting. But the one we have to at least mention, because it's a weird cultural moment phenomenon thing, and yes. deserves a mention whether you like it or not out there listening, <laughs> is Flappy Bird. Flappy yes. Bird is is it's not the same goals. You're not fighting enemies. You're just kind of fighting frustration in a lot of ways. But but that kind of flap to move up and not fall too far and physics, you know, yeah. gravity's your enemy and all this sort of stuff. Hundred percent owes its, you its en-
1: legacy to you just. are en- you are engaged. It took that many years for somebody else to go. This is the thing to engage people. Because it requires a level of engagement, yep. that that you just don't feel in other games. Mecha- mechanic mechanical is
0: engagement there. is a good way of putting it. Like you've got yeah. to be mechanically engaged and focused, or you're screwed. And the way that that game did it was with these ripoff Mario bar- pipes <laughs> and this bird <laughs> with that kind of the joust movement. If you touch the pipes, you were dead, and it often happened very quickly. It became a huge hit. That guy was yeah. a millionaire overnight. Yes, uh, for this dollar and game. And just quit. Yeah, and then he just said, he you, said "You know what? I'm out. Trash. I'm out. He doesn't want to do it anymore. I mean, I he don't made, like the system. I think he made one other game. Uh, I think and he it did. Didn't really make any kind of splash. But and this is off stores. You can't even buy this anywhere. It's all emulated everywhere Mm-mm. now. But, but all you uh, can
1: buy, I think, is I think what like you can like buy people's accounts, old accounts or something, so that you can have oh, is access. That how it to works? Some,
0: there's some kind of weird that's way funny. you can you can get it. Is that, weird? That's actually really funny. Now, one of the things prior to the show's airing. People said, look, we love the idea of more retro talk. That's awesome. But can you please tell us how we can get a lot of this stuff today? We live in a modern world where I can't go to the store and buy the Atari 2600 version of, of Joust. And you're right. You can't. Not easily right. anyway. So there's also uh, there's a number of ways. And we'll, we'll list some of these. MAME, of course, is a simple one. Figure out a way to emulate the old thing. Uh, you mentioned here Final Burn Neo. You want to tell people what that is?
1: Right so uh mame is great but final burn neo is better especially when you're working with retro arch is the core that you can use that allows you to do uh most effectively do netplay where you can play with a, another player you can also do that through steam by the way um if you do retro arch you both have to be and using netplay you both have to have the same uh crc signed uh, uh Rom, uh-huh. which can be sticky, yeah. Uh, but if you use Steam, you can use uh, what is the? It's not the couch co play, but it's the it's the, it's the uh, uh,
0: play the not play, play anywhere. Whatever. What do they call it? Um, remote
1: play. I think you're right. I think it's remote like play. Remote. That's it. Yep. Yeah, remote play. Yep. Um, only one person has to have has to have the rom then, and then they can just start it, and you can you can join in. So yep. that's probably the easiest way. But once again, you just down retro arch yep. the, the way retro arch and emo VR get away. With what they're doing is because they're just architectures uh, for you, who hopefully has the legit uh, BIOS and ROMs, and you put them in. They don't provide any right. of that stuff, right? So you have to have that stuff. You bring it, and then you play it on these on these platforms. And RetroArch is amazing for that. But I'll tell you, Emu VR, yeah. Uh, me and uh, me and Bjorn uh, in the community, who's yeah. a great, uh, is it, worked so hard with me. To capture some uh, two-player footage yeah. in this joust game, um, we 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 fought and fought stuff in Emu Emu VR was actually way easier to play multiplayer. It it bridged the gap between all the trash that we had to do by going directly to Retro Arch, and I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to make things easier,
0: but it did. I'm ex- I'm installing that right after the show. I want to try it.
1: Yeah, it seems, I think it totally
0: is is. It's, it's super rad. Now, you can also once in a while find these in w- old Williams collections, especially PC collections which you can find on discs mm-hmm. someplace. You used to be able to go in like a Walmart or a Best Buy and just find racks of these and it would be yeah. a collection of here's Sinistar that is also packed in with Joust and Joust 2 and here's this other game and all these like, you know, classic Williams games. Um, the, that's a source that you can still find here and there. Uh, and they also released new actually, versions of that, so you know, yeah. you, might, you might be able. To I was get it actually on a- looking
1: to, I was looking today, and I think you can actually purchase. Uh, w- I can't remember which which one it was, but it was a Nintendo console, maybe the N64. I can't remember which one it was, but it had the. Uh, it was like on Amazon for like fifteen bucks or something for the Williams Collection. Not like they're not selling it currently, mm. but you can certainly find those those carts out there. I actually have it loaded up on my Sega Genesis Mini. Uh, the Williams collection.
0: That's how yeah. I've been playing. Some of them are kind of expensive. Like uh, the let's see, oh, the Williams. Oh, they have the pinball collections. Those are different. But anyway, you can yeah. find them for a lot of different consoles. PlayStation Three had a whole collection. Um, I think Xbox did too, which means that should be backwards compatible with your newer Xboxes. Uh, PC right. versions, of course, you should be able to play over generations. But you know, if you're looking to do it that way, those are those are those are options. That one up arcade cabinet I mentioned, the Rampage cabinet, right? Uh, that comes with. Joust, Rampage, uh, Gauntlet, and Defender? one other game. I can't remember the fourth game. There's four. games. Is it Defender? No. Maybe it is. I think it'd be no, You think that'd be a no brainer? Maybe it is I Defender. Mean. I mean, they're all right. emulated, so it's you know they're right. whatever. But
1: now, our, anyway, that one's all community's right. our community is yelling at us in the chat room. By the way, Tonda, who is an amazing retro streamer, huge into retro. I I'm always picking Tonda's brains. For, uh, for stuff. He says, Fightcade is a great way to to do versus arcade games with people. Also, Parsec works really well. And I've heard both of those, and I haven't tried them. So I can't speak from uh, from experience, but I can tell you this. Tonda Nose.
0: What if you like being by yourself all the time and don't want to play with anyone else? There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, <laughs> what I did was
1: in my retro art, what yeah. you can do is you can assign your controller to two ports at the same time. And I played two-player jumps by myself.
0: Oh, my lord. Why would you ever put yourself through that? That seems like a nightmare. Because it was, I, I was desperate. The, I needed footage. So, someone also, <laughs> sorry, Blue Goose 5 put a link in for something called the Joust MMO. What is oh, this? Oh, really? Hold on. We got to see what this is. I'm going to put this up on screen. Great. Oh,
1: gonna, wow. I don't know what this is. But this looks awesome. This
0: looks like it might be something we need to know about. All right. So I'm going to click this. Oh, it's like, oh my Lord. What the frick? Help. we're all gonna die. Hold on, I can't get it to. There we go. Okay. What? Oh, look, I'm i I'm pickled, donut by, by I'm pickled
1: donut. I automatically am pickled donut because I get my own name. Oh my god. Oh my gosh,
0: I may have just found the greatest thing ever in the world because of the chat. Yeah. I'm gonna play this, this all the bad. time.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, podcast listeners, uh, we will we will we will link to that. In the show notes, you can check that out later yourself. But this is freaking amazing! Unbelievable! Side scrolling (laughs) craziness. No, but there's there's an adherence.
0: There's an adherence to accuracy here. These characters look like the characters. They Um, really do. They're the the the, all of the levels and everything. And basically, you're just a giant version of the of the level. It looks like it's kind of unending. And your goal is to kill each other and play like an MMO and have a high score. I I I can't (laughs) believe this exists. Wait, who did that? Blue Goose Five. Who did that? Blue Goose Five. Thank you send, for that. send us an email. I want to send you a, a prize. I don't know what yet. I want to send you something cool for sending that to us. You get a you get a prize for being amazing. Yes. Yeah, By the it. way,
1: we do this. If you are a podcast list, podcast listener, we do this at three thirty mountain time, five thirty Eastern time, uh, yeah. on the frog twitch dot TV frogpants.
0: Yeah, we, uh, fro- slash frog slash frogpants. Just come in come and be with us live and, and sometimes you see weird stuff like this go down. But if you want uh, seriously, dude, send me an email, playretroshow at gmail dot com, okay? I'm serious. Yes. That is awesome, and you deserve something. All right, uh, uh, moving on. What I was going to tell you was, oh, the next thing is, of course, we mentioned the one-up cabinet. Archive.org, uh, is a, they have a big initiative underway for game preservation, and it comes across mm-hmm. all sorts of platforms. They want to keep DOS stuff and all computer stuff and console stuff as much as they can. Uh within the legal limits. They're trying to just do historic preservation. In some cases, like Nintendo gets irritated and makes them take things down. Oh yeah. Um, Nintendo's very litigious. They're litigious that way. But everybody else seems to be pretty cool with this idea and joust is available for play up there. I tried it on a uh what what browser did I use and it didn't work.
1: It it pretty much any Chromium browser, which is just about all of them now, you can do it. If you just head over to archive.org, I think it's details forward slash Arcade, anyway, yeah, it's there. They have it a will of I'll leave a link in the notes for that too. But it, there's all kinds of ROMs on there, and I, I'm not really even sure. I tried to look a little bit into uh, the who has the copyright for Joust right now. You know, it was an Atari for a while, right? And uh, they so,
0: they owned rights for it for a while. They, I don't know who owns it now. Yeah. And I guarantee this thing we just the MMO thing is not uh, endorsed by anybody, but. Um right. we can tell people at home, I guess. It's joust.life. I should have mentioned that. Joust.life. Yeah. And uh I'm gonna play the shit out of that.
1: I'm not kidding <laughs> it. Archive. archive. Uh, archive.org is a great place, though. I, I love that place. Oh, it is, I, yeah. There are like the three or four
0: we... websites on the internet that I think the internet would be worse for not having, and archive.org yeah. is yeah. one of those for sure.
1: It's funny because I've been I've been trying not to I've been trying not to avoid Wikipedia, but I've been trying to avoid Wikipedia. I know it's a great resource and it has changed all of our lives. But I'm also kind of like, we really need to, you know, kind of spread this out a little bit.
0: I don't know <laughs> Wikipedia. I mean, I agree with you, but I think they've done. I I, well, find, done, I think they're invaluable. I think they're invaluable. I can't. I don't like. Yeah. I can't imagine a world without. I, th- Wikipedia I think they it.
1: scare me. I think that's the problem. I think it scares me to imagine that. Yeah. We don't want to get we don't want to get too far off of course here, but yeah, yeah. It, it scares me. They don't freak yeah, me out. Yeah, that's my
0: bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, this is all oh, this is your setup here that we're showing. Yeah, this, this is my setup.
1: So yeah. I'm gonna start doing this. Is uh this is what I've been doing. I've been setting up the arcade art where I can get it. There's there's several, there's many uh arcade museums, retro museums that that have that have you know faithfully uh, reproduced and scanned in these these arcade art and so I've been I've been kind of
0: playing around with that. Now, when PS. you played two player with Bombats, how uh, how'd you fare? Did you win? Did you lose? What happened there?
1: Uh, well, there no one really wins at joust um, unless you're having fun, and so <laughs> that's what we did. No, we didn't compete with each other. We actually tried to play. Um, cooperatively. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. But then you kill each knowledge. other by accident because this game is effed that yeah. way.
1: <laughs> Usually what would happen is I would go up top and we would, we would try to keep most of the buzzards in the middle area. And yeah. then I would hit things up top, eggs drop down he'd grab them. And that was kind of how we were going. Yeah. You were hands on buzzards. Yeah. yeah I get it.
0: Uh well very nice. That is Handle Joust. Lizards. Joust is an amazing game. Get your hands on it no matter how you get your hands on it and uh we uh will probably talk about more games down the line that are inspired by Joust because there are plenty. Lots of uh, plenty. lots of ideas. There was a game called Messiah in the 2000s that uh you were the little flying cherub baby thing. <laughs> and it used, yeah. it was very jousty. It was like third person but as jousty as hell. And, yeah, and they have gone on record saying, "Yeah, Joust was a huge inspiration there." So, anyway, one of the mm-hmm. greatest games ever made. You guys should check it out I, and see what you think.
1: You, you've blown me away because, like I said, I've always known about Joust and played a little bit, but never got deep into it. And over the last month since we started talking about this, I have just played Joust like crazy, and I am a
0: huge
1: Joust convert. Thank you. Yeah, Scott. look
0: at you. You're soaking in it
1: now. Yeah, I'm soaking in
0: it. Uh, I'm soaking in ostrich. Beaks. yeah let's ew let's let's uh let's guess one another's games destroy it <laughs> all right by the way that's from uh for anyone wondering where the sound came from i'll play it again destroy it <laughs> that's from uh that's from the old x-men arcade machine the four-player x-men oh
1: machine. really the four-player arc oh uh, see that's the one I want for the one up. I want the one with with the X Men four player. Game. Or the I played the player.
0: hell out of that game back in the day. So yeah. much play, but the Simpsons ones out are coming, right? That's the thing.
1: Yeah, Simpsons yeah, ones out. It's at Best Buy. I saw it the other day and almost picked it up, but instead I said I'm going to say I'm going to keep my money. And we talked about this in the chat before the show. But I I ordered the Atari Fight Stick uh, with the the, the ball. That, that you can play Centipede and Marble Madness oh, and those kind of games with it. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to review that a little bit this next this Do you next know week. how many so quarters expect-
0: I put in Marble Madness, dude? I put more quarters. In, I, I freaking put all those people's kids through college in high school when yes. I played Marble Madness. I love that game. That game's coming up. That game is yes, coming it the, is. That is it, coming the F up on this show, I promise is, you that. It is.
1: We're definitely going to do Marble Madness in the future. And I want to know, too, is send us an email at uh, playretroshow@gmail.com and tell us how you spent your money at the arcade. Like in the U.S., we took quarters and turned them into tokens. I know in England, they did 12 pence. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of, you know, where, where are you from? We We, we do this worldwide so yeah yeah what, i'd like to what know kind more of
0: experience do you have i'd love to know more about oh. the other parts of the world i also like to talk about how you know we were paying 50 cents for freaking dragon's lair what were you guys paying yeah you
1: know i was i was thinking about this earlier too not to get detracted from what we were doing but i was thinking oh man when i was when i was. Growing up, and I was a kid, and I, I remember going, Oh, what a racket! Now they expect me to buy tokens. <laughs> They're just doing that so they can squeeze my pockets because they'll know I'll get a token and then I won't get the chance to play it. And I'll be walking around with tokens and I'll have
0: free money. It's the only place and you then, can spend it. That's, that was the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: then later on, I was like, like today, I was thinking about it. I was like, Oh, stupid <laughs> jerks. And I was like, I was like, Wait a minute, Brian. Wait a minute. Think about it. If you own an arcade and uh, you had to make a nightly deposit of the money you earned. (laughs) It's like, would you prefer cash that turned into tokens that you could keep reusing because you'd have unlimited amounts? Or would you like to hassle a freaking carrying, you know, a hundred pounds worth of quarters to the bank every day? That's just one of them. So I can, I can speak,
0: I can speak to this because my dad was, you know, in that business and you're right. That is, that is reason probably number two of four reasons why tokens took over. Number one, was actually one that is a lot more logistical than you think. A little bit like your prediction. But number one was because everybody walking in there with their weird Canadian quarters, trying to jam those yes. in, people using dirty, disgusting freaking money they found on the floor. Like <laughs> You would wreck the the coin intakes. They would start to get really uh, mussed up and dirty and gross. And, and cleaning those and managing those, total nightmare, total pain in the butt. Uh, tokens made it so you controlled. It was basically a recycled... Um, stock of coins that you managed. So yeah, you, you would wash them. Right. You would you would run them through a rinser thing sometimes. You would do this stuff to manage that. So when people came in there, they were just using your tokens. And it had this third benefit. So we'll, we'll leapfrog over yours, which is also correct. You don't want to take a big giant bag of quarters of the bank. You want to just, you know what I mean? Like You, you have yeah, yeah. paper money inside of a machine. It's a lot easier. So oh, yeah. we'll leapfrog over yours. And the third reason was uh, if people put um, a dollar in and got four tokens and they only spent yes. three and had to leave, the only way they'd yes. ever use that token again is to come back to your arcade and spend it again. Yes. And so you have so this like lock-in I, kind of currency. It's like a lot of video games do right. this today in, in more virtual ways, but it, it locked you in. And then fourth reason, uh, some of them, and I don't like this part, some arcades got greedy toward the end there. And they said one dollar will get you three tokens, or oh, or yes. or every it. game, every game is now two tokens, but you still only get the four for the dollar, which means right, you're only getting. 50 cents worth so, on the dollar.
1: Yeah. So you're you're talking about like 85, 86. And then when I get back in around 88, they were giving me five tokens for a dollar. Yeah, cause because you, <laughs> cause they couldn't get people anymore. They crashed it. Yeah, because they yeah, crashed they the crashed damn it.
0: market. One of these days, I'll tell you the full thing, because my dad was in the center of that crash, and it was bad. Like, it uh, rocked us pretty hard. We lost the business, yeah. the house. We had a motorhome Ugh. and a boat gone. Oh, like, oh, wow. We lost a lot. We were on food stamps for a hot minute. It was bad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The arcade right. business really tanked. And it was right after my dad invested a ton of money in oh. building his own cabinets, importing games, had a deal, had a contract signed with Data East. Uh, they made Bad Man. Dudes, and I don't know. They were famous yeah, for yeah, a yeah. bunch of other stuff. And uh, right when that crash happened, just decimated us. So well, there'll be always there'll be some anecdotes here and there on the show about that because you can't avoid them. Right? Hey, back to guess our game.
1: <laughs> oh, guess our game. We uh, yeah, our we're game. gonna what? guess our game. I'm right. gonna
0: play. So this is a carryover from the Boop Show. It was always retro themed anyway. it felt like so it just feels like a natural fit. And uh, I'm gonna start this time. Your hint, Brian, is the stuff I told you earlier and the year 1985. All right, the year was 1985. Arcade is the other. One. Oops, Arcade. that's the wrong one. That's this is the right file. Here you go. Enjoy. If your ear does, what my ear does. But oh, wait, I know this. You're gonna hear some stuff that's familiar. That's it's, what I'm getting. I'm getting like, I it's know that. Some taste. that isn't. Like this part right here, right, right here. Nope, right here. Oh man, God, it's like a big old bag of like. It's a mix, right? Like of a bunch of stuff you know. You just don't know yeah. if you know it. So any guesses on this? Wow.
1: I don't know. There's just so many things. It feels like everything from that year, they just piled into one big old game.
0: Chat room has gotten close, but they have not got it yet. Interesting. And remember what I said earlier in the show about Joust and its horrible fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? Really? I can't imagine this is, oh, is it? Here, I'll turn it up again for you.
1: Right. Any guesses? I have no idea. I have like a million ideas in my mind around that time. Is like what um, Burger Time and 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 those kind of games. Yeah. It feels jaunty and 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 jolly and That's, um, it's a hundred
0: percent that mm, era.
1: You're right. You're right to to pack it. I there. can't. I can't nail it though. I don't. I don't know what that is. It's is is perplexing me.
0: Well, hear me give you the answer. The answer is dig dug Two, one of the worst dig arcade dug sequels 2. ever it's so bad you guys so bad i can see it now i can see it and hear it in my head it's, well, it's lining up congratulations let's see am i gonna i want to play what good this, job uh, how do you what would i give you when you get it if you get something right you got it wrong <laughs> but uh oh i could do that yeah you know what next week we'll get some pac-man death noises in here that's what yeah there do. you go all right brian i'm gonna play yours this is a uh no idea what this is or oh, what's the year what are we doing uh the the year scott is 1993 we're moving uh to the console oh the console 93 here we go all right this has got to be snes or genesis probably Genesis right, right. I'm getting a Genesis vibe out of it oh you you get your 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 ears are correct oh, that old You're that old sound chip man. that had such a weird edge to it they all their sound in that console is right. so weird um yeah they should get a little
1: more familiar if you played this if you played lots of it.
0: Gosh, I can't place it. Um, mm. Definitely Genesis. Mm. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's, really, it's really bringing chat me back. Has a, yeah, the
1: chat room hasn't even come close, which kind of shocks me. I mean, yeah, have I'm they not been paying they. attention to what I've been streaming for almost a month now? Oh, I know what it
0: is. There's your hint. <laughs> it's, um... Hold on. Uh, the fourth <laughs> in the series of a game, a little game... <laughs> Called <laughs> Fantasy Star Four. That's it.
1: Fantasy Star
0: Four. Oh, that's hilarious. Now, I,
1: I <laughs> I picked I pick some music that was kind of towards the middle of the the climax. So you know, if you didn't make it that far, maybe you wouldn't know I was hoping the little ding, ding, ding noises would set it off, but yeah, maybe
0: not. No, they do now. I loved Final Fantasy. Or Final Fantasy. Keep yeah, Fantasy that. Star. Yes. Fantasy Star Four. That game might be a good game to cover. Oh. Oh, maybe oh, we're gonna do that next week. Maybe that's the game. Hmm. Maybe we should play some Ph-
1: hmm. Fantasy Star Four. Maybe you're into those RPGs. We did some arcade. Now we're gonna do a little RPG. Yeah. And then you know maybe we'll go, we'll bounce around. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna walk through all the paths. Yeah. of The
0: retros. and it's important to remember that the game like Fantasy Star Four, whether you know it or not, many of you may not. That game is incredibly influential. There are so many games that Huge. lifted ideas from it that we all play today and just think of as modern games. And Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, Fantasy Star 4, it's yeah. impossible for me to say that. It's almost like Sega was trying to screw with people because there was Final <laughs> Fantasy and they're like, well, we got our own thing over here with Fantasy in it. You guys want to play our Fantasy game? Because we're Sega. Okay. we Blast George processing. Fantasy
1: game. Yes. We spell ours with a PH.
0: Sega do what Nintendo don't or whatever. Ten Nintendo.
1: Ah, I love that. You ever got about Sega?
0: <laughs> so stupid.
1: <laughs> they were so full of crap. They were full Sega of crap.
0: Though. I loved them too, but yeah. they were full of crap. Uh, yeah. That is going to be our next game. We're going to talk about Final Fantasy IV.
1: <laughs> Gosh dang it! Fantasy Star IV! <laughs> uh, Fantasy Star IV, man.
0: Ugh. Can't get it out of my face. Um, and after that week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push hard for Marble Madness. I just need to get it out of my system. I,
1: it's, I, I think it's a good time because I'll have my, I'll have my uh, arcade fight stick in. I'll have my little, my little ball I can play with. And yeah. So it'll be a perfect time for Marble Madness.
0: I'm excited to hear about that. I'm also going to get some pictures of this cabinet we talked about, so you guys can see what I'm working on. Yes. I uh, finally made room in here in the studio where I can actually work on it and get some good lighting and all that business. So uh, more on that soon. Uh, as we get closer and that's gonna do it for today's episode yeah that's right play retro number one in the bank uh here's the deal this show Old will be back this this show will be back by your quarters over at yes. over at patreon.com play retro that's patreon.com slash pay sorry play retro <laughs> pay retro <laughs> oops uh, anyway, Oops. it's all set up. I want to thank everybody who's already joined. A bunch of you got in when I set it live yesterday, and that surprised me. Um, that was really cool to see. Anyway, if you want to see some uh, some cool benefits like some bonus content every episode or uh, some cool stuff happening on the site, how about some AMAs with me and Brian every once in a while? And things we haven't even yeah. discovered yet because we, we're we still sort of in the middle of like, here are the three basic goals. Hop in. We're going to get us started. We don't want to spend too much time waiting. But now that it's up... We got new ideas. We're going to insert in there into these three levels, so everybody will get ben- benefits beyond what's already there as we continue to evolve the show. That's the plan. So go check it out. We did Boop for a long time for free, hundred percent free. That show it never charged free. anything for anything, and this show's still free. But if you like your content, you want to just throw us a buck or two, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/PlayRetro. Oh, Brian, we've done it. We did it. We've done it. We did it. Felt good, too. PlayRetroShow at gmail.com. So yep. Send us your emails. We I need that feedback. I don't want it to end. No, it should never end. PlayRetroShow at gmail.com. PlayRetroShow at gmail.com. PlayRetroShow at gmail.com.
1: Send us your recommendations. If there's a game you want us to review, we'll we'll probably, I mean, if it's influential, it's influential. Most definitely. Yeah, we're if putting it on not, a list.
0: We're putting them all. Maybe on a it's list. Just fun. Yeah, we'll make a list yeah. and we'll, we'll we'll check it twice and we'll decide who's been naughty or nice. So watch for that coming up soon. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we <laughs> do have a Twitter account. This will let you know when we go live or have extra stuff to say. Play Retro Show on Twitter and uh frogpants.com slash Play Retro if you want to get over there and, and uh, check out all our stuff. It's all there.
1: And we're doing the videos through YouTube through the Frog Pants channel, right?
0: Uh, yes. So, oh, that's right. Uh, so, we all we archive whatever we do here for the live show. That'll all be on mm-hmm. at youtube.com slash Scott Johnson, which is, you'll just see the play retro, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, uh, playlist there. If you go to our website, mm-hmm. frogpants.com slash play retro, there's a direct link to those, uh, to where those will be. So, if you want to see the video that you missed, you can absolutely do that. And there's a ton of extra video stuff going on in the show. Um, I know most of us will end up being podcast listeners. That's totally fine. But we do a lot visually here. And if you're interested in that, you can find that as well. Brian, is there anything else you want to say before we shut her down for the day, week? The day week? I don't know. There's just so many great things. Be sure to follow me
1: on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv forward slash Brian Dunaway. I play these retro games throughout the week. And uh, there'll be some stuff that'll be offline for uh, just patron supporters. But most of it is going to be just me trying to figure it out. It's painful.
0: Yeah, painful is sometimes good. So go check it out. Mm -hmm. He's over there as that. Of course, frogpants.tv for whenever you want to watch this show live or any other show on the network. That will do it for us. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next time with more Play Retro. And until now, or till then, go play a retro game. Bye now.